0: Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton and I'm here with Sarah and I happen to be feeling a little proud of myself right now because we're having a little mic issue and when there's a lot of boxes with a lot of cords and something's not working I can sometimes get a little frustrated kind of quickly and maybe I got like a skosh frustrated but I also fixed it inside of what 10 minutes Uh, less
1: I think under five
0: that's that makes me feel like I've won the morning
1: yes yeah (laughs) and you get the promotion
0: I know, I said, I said to Sarah, um, I feel like I deserve a promotion now. And she said, I'll give you a promotion. And I got really excited about that. I said, what is it? She was like, I don't know.
1: <laughs> so if you guys have ideas, let yeah. us know.
0: What is my promotion? Like, I, If I can now handle technical things, I've really boosted my value because I was two seconds away from calling the boyfriend who's not here and can't see it and can't do anything. And that would have probably not been a super effective approach. But it was all I knew to do. But I didn't need to, so definitely promotion time.
1: Bonus material. I know,
0: right? (laughs) I got to call the boss. I got to see about that. All right, it is another Saturday show. We are diving into your questions. And at the end of the show, we are going to announce a winner. And I think today's winner should get digestive enzymes because I don't leave home without them. Are you taking the digestive enzymes?
1: I'm not. I have, but not regularly.
0: But you have them.
1: Yes, I do. Okay.
0: I want to challenge you for you to go like a week taking them with every meal. Okay. And then report back. Okay. Because I wasn't taking them at first too because I just got a bunch of stuff and I was interested in other things. But now it's the kind of thing that, you know how if you start like flossing, then if you don't floss, you feel like you like, skipped a really important step and you don't feel like your teeth are clean yes it's a lot like that if I have a meal and I don't have digestive enzymes I feel like I'm like missing something really important and I just notice that my bowel movements are so much more regular and then you don't ever want to get to the point where you're like not as regular Mm -hmm. because then you just feel yucky even though before that was just normal right yeah so we will announce a winner of a bottle of my favorite digestive enzymes and I'm serious I'm gonna like follow up I'm gonna ask you
1: Next week, Next I'll have week. a report.
0: All right. I appreciate it. Even though, to the listeners, that might seem like two weeks from now, because we're going to record two episodes today. True. Because we're we're getting ahead. That's right. I have right. a countdown. I don't know where it started, but I should have taken a picture of how many podcasts I want to record before baby. It's still over 100, but it's a whole lot closer than it was, because I've been doing like four, four or five a week. So... It's already done two today.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And we're about to do two more. So definitely stay tuned. Listen all the way through. You might have won a bottle of Digestive Enzymes. We will mail it out to you. And you can be eligible to win because we give something away every single Saturday. You just got to share on Instagram or Facebook a favorite podcast episode or something that you've loved. Make sure to tag me. Or you can leave a review of the podcast in uh, Apple Podcasts, which used to be iTunes, Or you can leave a review of chasing cupcakes we're making it so easy so many ways to win do all three get three chances to win all right one more thing before we get to your questions somehow we're nearing mid-september which is just a little terrifying it is a little terrifying but i want you guys to mark your calendars because on wednesday the 11th of september I am doing a totally free webinar in the evening, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, on the three new rules for success. I want you to be there. I don't want you to miss it. That is Wednesday, the 11th of this month, September, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. It's totally free. Go to the show notes to register, primalpotential.com forward slash 652. Also, that same week, we're opening up registration for the Fall 12 Weeks to Transformation, to the waitlist. So when you head over to the show notes to register for the webinar, also hop on the wait list for the fall session if you're not on it already because registration is opening uh, to the waitlist that same week, this upcoming week. And I would love to work with you. Our new identity journal is going to be like, super fantastic.
1: I know. I'm really excited for it.
0: I know. It, we, I mean, we, we make it a little bit better every single time. It was such a game changer to shift to the physical version. We always ask people what they like, what they wish it had. Um, one of the things I'm most excited about is having the habit tracker in there.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: Because it can be anything, right? Like if you're just trying to read every day, that can go on there and it makes it super easy to keep track of. So that's going to be available for the fall and it's going to be here before we know it fall session kicks off on sunday september 29th registration opens to the wait list first and that happens next week so head over to the show notes primalpotential.com forward slash 652 and also while you're there register for that free webinar on the 11th 8 p.m eastern time on the three new rules of success okay We have some questions. First one is a little bit of a long one, but hit me with it. All right. So
1: this person has been listening to your podcast from the beginning. And they said, today I listened to Q&A number four on how to tame your sweet tooth. From my understanding, you basically said that we must train ourselves to get more pleasure from achieving our goals rather than pleasure of eating something sweet in the moment. The question i have is this what if the feeling isn't quite pleasure per se but a feeling of comfort or of numbing oneself is that a form of pleasure because it's taking away the pain at least for the moment the reason i ask is that usually when i get a craving for something it's because i want to think about something else block something out that's painful or makes me feel uncomfortable not necessarily that i find pleasure in eating something does that make sense
0: It absolutely does. And I would say it's not the same thing. Seeking pleasure and avoiding pain are not the same thing. But they are our two fundamental drivers that are hardwired into us as a means of survival. So we are hardwired for our survival to seek pleasure and also avoid pain. This was a big coping mechanism. For me, if I was stressed, it was an escape. And sometimes I told myself that it was a solution, but it wasn't a solution, it was a distraction. Where I usually go with clients, and this can be um, a multi-step process, but where we usually go with it is looking at being a problem solver versus a problem tolerator or a problem avoider. Right? If you have this situation in your life from which you want to escape, understand that as long as you choose the escape route, you're not choosing the solution route. And this does take time, but sometimes just identifying as a person who solves problems in your own life is a really important first step. And, and we use the Identity Journal a lot in the 12 weeks for this because if there is a recurrent problem, and there is a recurrent desire to avoid the problem or the feelings that come from the problem, well, what does the solution look like? What does resolution look like? Even when certain problems or challenges might include elements that are outside of our control, situations that are outside of our control, people and their behaviors that are outside of our control, we still have a huge opportunity to solve problems, to resolve issues, And fundamentally, will you choose, just for today, to be a problem avoider, a problem escaper, or a problem solver? No matter what the problem is in your life, we do not have to accept it. We do not have to settle for it. We do not have to simmer in it, and we certainly do not have to run from it. We can choose any of those paths, right? But we don't have to. And the work that we do in the 12 weeks is really about looking at what the problem is and looking at all of the options, all of the potential paths we could take to create a solution or, at a minimum, move towards a solution.
1: I hope you have the correct answer to this next question.
0: (laughs) Can you move your mic a little closer to your face? Yes. Cool. I just hit my mic. I'm sorry. Those of you that just heard me hit my mic with my thumb.
1: Do you think this is good?
0: A little closer. There we go. All right.
1: Is there a light at the end of the tunnel?
0: (laughs) I almost felt like when I saw this, because you put this in there, didn't you? I might have. I don't know. Because I I saw it and I was like, I haven't seen this before. Um, My first thought was like, is this like a riddle? Um, Here's my thought on this question. Like, is there a light at the end of the tunnel? I don't think there's a tunnel. It's perspective, right? Undoubtedly, there are dark times in life and there are things that we have to just get through, push through. I sort of feel like I'm like in that season right now where there's just a lot of things that are outside of my control and a lot of challenges and a lot of uncertainty. But there isn't this sense of like there's this great big world and I'm in this tunnel and I'm boxed in. So to the, to the question, is there a light at the end of the tunnel, there's always light, and there's always darkness, and I don't think there's a tunnel. It's all perception, right? It's all perspective. Even when I just recorded an episode that I think airs on Monday because my order is a little bit off, but I was talking about thoughts I have on raising a daughter. and in all of these things that I really so strongly want her to have as core beliefs and, and um, perspectives on life. I was talking to my sister this past weekend, and more on this on Monday, but just to kind of touch on it because it's related here. I was talking about how how she and I learned to be kind of strong and determined even though nobody ever talked to us about being strong and determined. And we were looking at some themes that we noticed growing up And one of them was that even when things were really bad at home, so there was like a big health struggle or there was some sort of big family thing happening that was bad, there was still a lot of laughter. There was still a lot of joking. There was still celebrating. You know, even when um, my mom was really, really stressed, she still was always joking around and poking fun at herself and her life and her situation and I just remember her always laughing on the phone with my aunt and oftentimes they would go between crying about some situation to laughing hysterically and I think we just tend to need more of that in life does that make sense Sarah like how how so many people will think of it as like binary right things are either really really bad or they're okay But even when things are bad, also, it's not either or, it's and both, there is good. Even when things seem dark and things seem hard, there is so much that is good. Even when we're struggling, we can also be striving. We can also be thriving. So I would say there's always dark, there's always light, So much of what we focus on depends on what we're looking at, and there is no tunnel. There's this powerful picture I've seen on um, Facebook or Instagram. Have you ever seen, okay, so there's this, like, bus, right? And you know how when you're sitting in, like, an old school bus, there's, you know, windows on the left, there's windows on the right. And if you're on the left side, you're going to kind of be looking at whatever's on the left side of the road, and if you're on the right side, same thing. Well, there's this guy... On the bus and he looks like super super sad and out the side of the, w- the windows that he's on are like you know walls and storm clouds and like big boulders and barriers it's just like dark but on the other side there's like a guy that looks exactly the same and he's got a huge smile on his face and like the sun is shining on his side of the bus and it just kind of goes to show that like so much of what you see depends on what you're looking at So true. Yeah, like I could in any given day, and sometimes I choose to, focus on everything that is like super screwed up in my life right now and super uncertain and super scary and hard and not optimal. And if I'm looking at those things, then yes, it seems dark. And what I see depends on what I'm looking at. But I can also focus on so many things that are good, that are possible, that are great. So even when things are hard, I guess the bottom line is, choose to see and acknowledge and look for the light and the good even when there is also dark and bad.
1: All right. How do I get myself out of a rut? This rut seems to come and go often in my life.
0: Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... This is one of those things, and I probably say this a lot, like, welcome to the human experience, right? And I don't say that in any way to diminish the sense that a rut can feel challenging and defeating. But the reality is that motivation and positivity are not constants. They are variables and they are going to come in in highs and they are going to come in in lows and they're going to have a low need for us to get in there and create and they're going to have a high need for us to get in there and create. What I would turn to is your own personal power to create a change here. Because whether you can um, set a physical challenge for yourself, and you know what, tomorrow morning I'm going to start the day, I'm going to go for a one-mile walk. Or you can say, you know what, I'm just going to focus today on taking impeccable care of my body, and I'm going to get up, and I'm going to take a shower, and I'm going to moisturize my skin, and I'm going to have a glass of water, and I'm going to eat really clean all day, and I'm going to put on an outfit that makes me feel great. There are so many things from those examples to journaling, to meditation, to reading, to listening to great music, variables that we control that can pick us up right? We can also choose to stay in the rut. That is also a choice. And sometimes it's the right choice for a set period of time. But getting out of, getting yourself out of a rut does not come from how you think about it. It comes from what you do about it. What I like to do is brainstorm what are a few things that could make me feel better today, that could change my perspective today. And oftentimes that will include meditating, Oftentimes it will include a really serious gratitude practice where I literally make a list of everything that is right, everything that is good, everything that is possible. Sometimes it requires a little bit of tough love. Like, hey, you and your first world problems, knock it off. Life is good and you are blessed. There is no one way to kind of get out of a rut, but there's always many, many, many ways. And um, inside the 12 Weeks to Transformation, we have something called Solution Central. It's basically a hub for the most common questions or challenges or struggles that people face, like I'm unmotivated, or I'm in a rut, or I had a rough weekend, or I'm not feeling proud of myself. And the rut one is one that we, we hit on pretty hard. Choose your way out. Try different things and acknowledge what works for you and the fact that it might not work for you next time. Sometimes a little time outside can do the trick. Sometimes music can do the trick. And sometimes you just have to allow yourself to sit with it. But never allow that to be a period of time that then starts things getting worse, you know what I mean? Like it's okay to have a day where you're just like, no, I'm in a funk and I want to feel this funk. But when it gets to the point where you start to doubt your ability to pull yourself out of it, that's when that's when you've really got to get into action. So for me, meditation, journaling, gratitude, a little bit of tough love, sometimes from my mom, like I'll call her and be like, hey, just kind of set me straight here the way that my grandfather used to when he was alive. What about you? What are some things like if you're in a funk, what, what helps?
1: Going out, excuse me, going outside for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And like physically putting my feet on the ground, like no shoes mm. and doing that for as long as I can, whether that's two minutes or 10 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Um, also calling my dad. He's, yeah. he's very much of a, a tough love Tough love. in a really nice, kind way. Yeah. But in a like, come
0: on. But not a pity party with you. No. Kind of yeah. 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 I think that really helps. Like sometimes. Whether we give it to ourselves or there's somebody else that can give it to us, and sometimes we're not ready for it and we just need to take it anyway, like you're being ridiculous. I happen to have a boyfriend who basically does that for me on the regular. And like all things, sometimes it's really helpful and sometimes it's really not helpful. But we have to be open to a huge variety of solutions. At least that's my two cents.
1: I agree. How do I become better at setting limits?
0: I would start by identifying in what areas of your life you feel like you need boundaries or you need limits, right? Because the strategy here would be very, very different if we're talking about something like social media or if we're talking about something like a relationship with a romantic partner and and having limits there. When I saw this question, I was thinking about... Um, limits that I have in my life. In fact, I was just telling you about a new one that I set. <laughs> I'm like, this is day one and a half with it. Um, but I limited my inbox. I I downloaded this tool, and I can't see it right now because my inbox is locked. But I think it's called, co- I don't even know what it's called. I can't remember off the top of my head, but if you're curious, Email Sarah and (laughs) we'll figure it out for you. But basically it locks my inbox automatically at times that I determine. So right now my inbox, my my email inbox is locked from 6 p.m. to 9 a.m. And every single day I set how much time I want to spend in my inbox for that day. So today since I have four podcasts to record and six meetings, I set 60 minutes. And once I've been in my inbox for 60 minutes, it locks it. And then I'm not getting in again until 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. So what that did for me, I noticed today when I was responding to emails, I was not going to stop and check my phone. I was not going to get up and get a glass of water because I only had a finite amount of time. So knowing that Email is something that can have, you know, a creep effect on my day where I think I have got 30 minutes and then 45 minutes later I'm still in my inbox and an hour and a half later I'm still responding to emails and then, oh, look, I got to inbox zero, but since then 14 more have come in. It can take over. So sometimes it's just like putting in restrictions like that. Um, You can do this with, with time limits on your cell phone. You can do this with setting limits for, you know, the TV goes off at 9 p.m. or the TV doesn't go on before 6 p.m. I used to do that when I lived in the tiny house because I only really had one room. And if the TV was on, that was basically my workspace and my sleep space and my dining space and all of my space. (laughs) Sarah's laughing because she knows the tiny house, but we both miss that.
1: (laughs) I do, yeah. That
0: would solve a variety of challenges Mm -hmm. right now if I still had that, but. I digress. So I would not turn on the television before 6 p.m. because otherwise it could be a distraction from work or from sleep or anything like that. So first, where do you feel like you need to set limits? And then if you can identify what the ideal behavior would be, like for me, I would love to be spending no more than 45 minutes a day on email. Well, I'm spending far more than that right now, so I'm not going from, you know, four hours to 45 minutes, but incrementally work down. If you want the ideal with uh, time, you know, nights away from home. A lot of times I hear about this when somebody's like dating somebody and they say, you know, I end up spending every night over at their place and then what happens is I get behind in laundry and I'm not eating as well. Well, what is the ideal? Maybe the ideal for you is that you'd like to have four nights in a row at home, and then you're willing to spend three nights at the other person's. Well, how far is that from where you're at now, and, and can you communicate that? Can you establish an improvement? You know, this week, I want to be sure to spend two nights at home, that sort of thing. So what I would recommend is, first, know what where you need the limits. Second, know what the ideal is. Then make a commitment based on the improvement, and be paying attention to if it's getting better or if it's not, right? If I set these inbox restrictions, and three weeks from now I'm still spending the same amount of time in email, it's not working. And I need to change something. So we don't need arbitrary limits without assessing if they're working. But yeah, what do you think? Do you have any limits, like for yourself?
1: I certainly do, I think. <laughs> <Right>?
0: <laughs> I have no some limits. Anything goes, always.
1: <laughs> always. Um... Not specifically. Yeah. I mean, I try to stay off my phone and social media and such, but I don't have a specific time. Yeah. Because I'm usually pretty good about doing it. Yeah. Um, but as you were talking, I was thinking about me and using the Identity Journal for my priorities. Mm. And I think limiting my day based on like what's most important. Yeah. But not time specific.
0: So you're you're saying like one of your ways that you set limits is by establishing the most important priorities so you don't feel like you're going after 16 tasks in a day. And then you're like, I don't know where to start. There's not enough time. Exactly. Yeah. I do that too. And I break out my work week in a way that is kind of a limit. Like Mondays, I'm doing current 12 weeks to transformation stuff. And Tuesdays, I'm doing podcast stuff. And so I always feel like it's manageable and I'm not ever setting myself up for like, oh, what should I do today? Or also, like, I have to work 20 hours in a day, Mm. so yeah.
1: All right. Looks like this is the last question here. And it is, how do you keep the determination heightened?
0: Well, you just mentioned the tool I use to do that, and that's the Identity Journal. Because one of the questions in the Identity Journal is about like who I want to be and how I can show up that way today. And that really anchors me to what I'm trying to get towards. And the Identity Journal was an evolution of of my journaling and working with clients over years because where I found myself getting lost a lot, where I saw a lot of clients getting lost, was having these broad aspirations. I want to eat better. I want to lose weight. I want to work out more. I want to save more money but not really honing it in on today. So there's never a really high sense of urgency and there's never really a clear sense of direction. So the tool I personally use to stay really focused and determined is that identity journal because if I know, for example, that one of my highest priorities is to feel peaceful and calm and in control, instead of that just being this like vague aspiration, I'm getting really clear on what I need to do today to bring that into fruition. And when it's specific, I feel far more determined than when it's general and it's vague. So whether you use the identity journal or you don't and just to avoid like a bunch of emails, the Identity Journal is a tool within the 12 Weeks to Transformation. It's not sold outside of that, but we are opening registration. It just opened to the wait Well, no, it's opening to the wait list next week. Kind of forgot what day we were recording for. Um, and you can go to the show notes to get on the wait list. But even if you're not using that, really looking at every single day, what am I trying to accomplish and why? And how can I move the needle today? It keeps it from being overwhelming, and it keeps it very tactical and practical. So whether it's specific like the Identity Journal or more broad, ultimately what you need to be doing is staying by choice very connected to what you're trying to do and how you can move in that direction, yeah. That's what I think. I mean, and we hear that from our clients all the time, that the identity journal helps them reduce overwhelm. And if you're overwhelmed, you're generally not super determined because you're not focused.
1: Mm-hmm. And getting back to the habit checker also, oh, yeah. I think visually seeing it laid out the way it is, mm-hmm. it will really demonstrate, yeah, how much you've actually been doing.
0: Right. And you don't want to, it goes, so Jerry Seinfeld's, um, talks about how he became a really great comedian and he had a calendar and he held himself to the standard that he would write one joke per day and when he did he would put an x on his calendar and when you have this chain of x's the last thing you want to do is break the chain because you become really proud of it and it becomes part of your identity and it's just it's a it's a really powerful thing like for me visually I have these things on the whiteboard of like, how many people are on the wait list? um, How many podcasts I have left to record? When we're in a launch, we track those numbers up there too. And just the act of writing something down and updating it daily really, really helps to keep determination and focus pretty high, I would say. So writing is really powerful. I use the identity journal. But uh, whether you use a habit tracker or your own journal, I think that's just a great, great tool. All right, we've got a winner. We do. Do you want to say who it is?
1: Yes, I do. It is from Instagram, and the name is Steph Grundy.
0: Steph Grundy. Steph with an F. Grundy. Just email Sarah at PrimalPotential.com, S-A-R-A-H at PrimalPotential.com. Make sure to include your mailing address because we will be sending you a bottle of digestive enzymes. They're my favorite. I travel with them. I take them at every meal. They have made such a big difference um, in my bowel regularity and in reducing bloating. So I hope that you really enjoy them. Guys, you can win too. Leave a review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon. Or share on Facebook and Instagram an episode that you loved or something you loved from the show or learned from the show. Tag me in it so that I know it's there and we give something away every single Saturday because that's what we like to do. So as we're recording this, we just wrapped up a weekend, but it was a holiday weekend. What was one super fun thing that you did?
1: I brought my whole family to the beach. So that was about 14 of us, Um, cousins, mom, stepdad, and we had a fire and we grilled and just hung. It was awesome.
0: Was that like an all day? Was it an evening thing? It was a late
1: afternoon, evening thing
0: so nice. Yeah. Yeah, they they do big fires on the beaches down here, which they don't do as often in Maine. Um, And I have yet to see it, but I hear that it's, like, really nice. Yes, you will get out there one day. (laughs) One day. That's what they say. (laughs) Um,
1: You were in Maine, right? I
0: was in Maine. And interestingly, they have, like, an annual bonfire that the fire department puts on. And um, Sarah knows my boyfriend really loves to have bonfires. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they can get, like, pretty significant. (gasps)
1: Yes, very significant. Yeah,
0: but I sent him pictures because this bonfire on the beach in Maine, like they had big beams, like structural beams that made this massive teepee that was probably 20 feet high. Wow. Like the beams themselves. So the fire was far above that, and I was like, that's
1: a fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
0: now he has like new fire goals and I'm terrified and I'm realizing like I should never have shown him that right. picture.
1: Bring the fire department next time.
0: Yeah. Seriously. Like you can only have a fire that big if you have the entire fire department <laughs> here. Otherwise, absolutely not. All right. I hope you guys have an amazing day. You can always send in your questions or topics going to primalpotential.com forward slash inbox, and we will see you next time. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes workouts meal ideas every week right to your inbox just text the word primal to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com/join it's a great way to get the tools the strategies and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.
2: Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? Ew, seriously, they squeeze the grease out of the wool and process it with chemicals and then you eat it. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I got rid of products I didn't want anywhere near my body. I found that many multivitamins contain high amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and even lacked some of the nutrients we actually needed. So what did I do? At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. Ritual's products are made traceable, meaning we share the science and sourcing for every single ingredient. For example, our vegan vitamin D3 comes from sustainably harvested lichen in Nottingham, England, not sheep. We trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. See for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.